Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We've started the year with an amazing discipleship series, and I cannot believe we're 18 episodes in. And actually, we're going to get ready to start kind of a three-episode arc within that series, talking about three different questions. The first one that started us off in January is, who discipled you? And we talked about most people can't answer that question. They were perhaps brought up in a Christian education program, went to a private Christian school, maybe their family. But many people who are prominent in ministry are hard-pressed to think of someone who actually discipled them one-on-one. And I think that that is a missed opportunity in the lives of most of our churches. It's a call to arms to not rely too much on the attractional church. Attractional church is great, and I've had many wonderful experiences with that. But at the same time, it should never be at the expense of that one-on-one discipleship relationship. This next three weeks, we're going to talk about what it is to kind of get out of our comfort zone to become a disciple, to become a discipler, and find people to disciple. I want to take the mystique off of this because there are so many people intimidated to do that. In evangelism, we spend a lot of time just getting people where they're comfortable articulating the gospel to people. But I haven't seen as much emphasis on how to teach the Bible, how to grow in your spiritual disciplines, how to grow in your faith, how to teach a small group. In this process, I'm wanting to people to catch the vision of empowering those who sit in the congregation on Sunday mornings, their God-given mission from the Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and lo, he's with us always, even to the end of the age. And I think that that is not a specific spiritual gift that allows people to opt out. I believe that is a mandate for all of us as believers to be a disciple and make disciples. That should be paramount in every ministry. There's a place for evangelism. There's a place for missions, but discipleship should be very central to the church other than perhaps worship. And in fact, when discipleship is done right, it points to and strengthens worship and allows people to worship with greater perspective and greater connection because people understand what they're doing. My question for today, I'm asking who, me? A disciple is this week. Who, me, a disciple maker, is next week. And then who should I disciple is in two weeks. And I think those are three ways that we're going to talk about the need to train up, equip, and commission our congregation to becoming the powerful influence that they are. When I look at the history of the church in America, in particular, following the Great Awakenings, there were many ordinary people that Christianity in America would not be the same without the hard work of those ordinary people. So friend, in a digital age, in a platform-obsessed culture where everything is about platform, podcasts, digital media, things going viral, etc., there is a need for that one-on-one, that personal relationship, mentoring, coaching, discipling, all of those things meet a certain need that intellectual stimulation or entertainment cannot. My friends, I'm going to start with today. Who, me? A disciple? Most people don't even know what that means. A disciple is nothing other than a pupil, a student, 
an apprentice, someone who wants to grow in their faith. And friend, our churches are full of stagnant people who, frankly, every day they don't grow, they want to be there less and less. Many times we think the way to keep them there is by placating them or entertaining them, making an emotional appeal to them, or maybe even guilt-tripping them. But the bottom line is when people feel like they are making a difference and when they feel empowered, that is when they turn the corner in their church commitment and in their faith. When they turn that corner, it takes them out of the consumer role and puts them into the biblical servant leader mold. It takes them from being unimpressed and discontent into an active participant and someone who is always challenging themselves in their spiritual walk. Because the Christian life is more than just a list of rules, it is more than just service merit badges, it is more than just making sales appeals to people, it is about becoming more and more like Christ in our life, growing in our biblical literacy, having an ardent prayer life where we feel the sense of purpose and need of spiritual warfare, and being able to let God frame our life's purpose and legacy. Friend, when you look at what a disciple is, it just means we make Jesus center of our lives. Our focus should be on him. And there's a Christ-centeredness in our life that people can see or not see. When Christ is the center of someone's life, it affects the way they speak, the way they behave, the honesty with which they do business, their work ethic, their patience with their family, their spiritual leadership of that family, and other aspects of their life. It is something that gives perspective and allows us to forgive and allows us to move forward because when we're the center of our lives, we are more likely to get offended, we are more likely to get threatened, and we're more likely to be selfish. But when Christ is the center of our lives, then we are more likely to be patient and yield to what God is doing around us. We're also to make the Bible center in our life. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Being able to apply those Scriptures to our life in such a way that it is refining our character it is giving us wisdom in confusing times and allowing us to live in a biblical and God-honoring way. As we discuss the call to discipleship, it's important to count the cost. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, Diedrich Bonhoeffer says, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ, and that salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. It is through discipleship that we find life's true purpose and that we find ways to honor God with our lives. Otherwise, we can live a relatively narcissistic and shallow life that brings fulfillment, frankly, to no one, including ourselves. Oswald Chambers states, Our Lord's conception of discipleship is not that we work for God, but that he works through us. And friend, that is so important, being empowered by the Spirit and being able to rest on him. Because, friend, we are not trying to earn our salvation. We are not trying to impress God. We are not trying to impress others. We are simply walking in obedience and showing our gratitude for the grace we've received through Christ's sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection. And in so doing, we give hope to those around us because, friend, if we can save ourselves and if we can do it ourselves, what do we need God for? But with God, all things are possible. And with our obedience, we get to glorify God with our lives. God wants so much more for us than a worldly existence. 
All of the things of this world are temporal and they pass away, but they're bright and they're shiny and they're in our face and they get in the way of our spiritual life. When God calls us to deeper fellowship with him, those things become less important to us because he's renewing us and he is maturing us beyond those trappings. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friend, the most compassionate thing God can do is orient our lives towards him instead of the things that pass away. And again, as this passage says, don't conform. Simply walk with Christ. It will at times mean walking on your own, counter to where the culture is heading. But you can also understand that God is in the process of transforming us, renewing our mind, so that we can understand what is good and pleasing to him and live accordingly. That is at the heart of what it is to be a disciple. Now, friend, before we get too far into this, I need to make a confession to you. I need to set something straight. I don't want to get the cart before a horse. Maybe you have been in church your whole life. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe your parents have taken you to church since you were a baby, and you're an adult now. And in some parts, maybe it never quite took. Maybe it was just more of a cultural thing where you showed up out of a sense of family obligation, out of a sense of cultural identity, or maybe you had nothing else better to do. Friend, you cannot be a disciple unless you're first a Christian. All of these spiritual disciplines, all of the scripture memory, all of the attempts to bear fruit, all of the good deeds and good works and volunteerism at the church mean nothing if you have not received the grace of Christ. See, friend, we are lost without Christ. We are sinful and separated from God. The gospel is by grace through faith in Christ plus nothing. And that's not about praying a prayer and doing what you want. It is about not taking credit for something that only God can do. The gospel is not about making good people better or bad people good. It is about bringing spiritually dead people to life. And friend, if you have never done that, I recommend that you do that today. There's many wonderful websites. There's many wonderful ministries. But the bottom line is that you just have to say to God, I am lost. I am separated from you. And God, I believe you are who you say you are, and I need your forgiveness, and I want to become a Christian today. My friend, I hope that you will do that because that will set you off on a, the beginning of a journey that will be meaningful, it will give you hope, it will give you purpose, and it will in turn allow you to give that hope and purpose to others around you. Most people today are saying the title of today's message, Who, me? A disciple? Disciples are super spiritual people. They're prophets. They're the person that intimidated me growing up. If you went to a private Christian school, or maybe you grew up in a church, and there's always that person that intimidates you, that all of this seemed so easy to them. They memorized scripture easy. They came from a great family. They had that kind of natural knack for it. And so we're thinking, no, I'm not a disciple. That's a disciple. Friend, that might not even necessarily be true. You don't know if the inside of that person matches the outside of that person. And for us, you know your heart. And if you're willing to take this step, God is faithful to see you through. That you don't have to do this yourself. When you pray to receive Christ, you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And if you're looking for what the Holy Spirit can do in the life of someone, look no further than the disciples. You had the least likely leaders in the Gospels 
become the heroes of the early church in the book of Acts. Why? Because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, because it wasn't about them. I think we all know that if we were just choosing leaders, none of them would have made the cut. But you see, God can do amazing things with very small resources because it's not about us. We get the joy of being used and being part of what God is doing, and that's where the benefit comes. Does he use our gifts? Yes, he does. He multiplies those gifts to something that we could never do ourselves. My friend today, as you're sitting there and thinking, who, me, a disciple? Yes, you. This is a call to discipleship. Follow me. This is not an easy ask. Just as the disciples were simple fishermen standing on the shore, Jesus said, follow me. If he can ask them, he can ask you. And we've seen how their lives transformed before our very eyes in the scriptures. Maybe he's saying to you, follow me. Now, where's he asking you to go? I don't know. I don't think God is going to call us necessarily to an easy life. But he will call us to a life of purpose, and he will call us to a life that will bring our hearts closer to his and make us a little bit more like Christ every day. And my friend, that is a good life. He also says, take up your cross and follow me. That means that we lose ourselves. That's the name of my show. We lose ourselves, but we gain Christ. And in so doing, we make a difference that we could never make on our own. And I encourage you to do so because finally he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And next week we're going to talk about who, me, make disciples? Yes, you. But you got to be a disciple first. And so that's where I'm going to leave us off today. Friend, I'm so glad you could join me. It's just been an amazing discipleship series. I hope that we will be able to inspire people who feel unusable to know that they can grow in their faith and God can use them in amazing ways. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.